How do you know whether you can trust your partner? Or if you're in a new relationship, how soon can you trust the other person? Today, we're gonna to talk about this very important concept of trust. How can you do it? How do you know whether you should do it? If you'd like to find out more about how to improve your relationships, head over to therelationshipmaze.com where we have lots of resources to help you improve and create better relationships. And you can also take our free online conflict style quiz and discover your conflict style in relationships. Welcome to today's episode of The Relationship Maze, where today we're going to be talking about trust. Yes, so I think uh, maybe let's start thinking a little bit about it in terms of early relationships. So this is a theme that uh, often comes up in um, counselling, um, talking to clients who have just embarked on a new relationship. And there's often this question of, well, this person I, I, I'm just slowly getting to know and we've, you know, we've just started dating... Um, I'm not really sure, do they really want to be in this relationship, do they want to be with me, um, can I, you know, can I rely on them, can I ask them to come and meet me twice a week, for example, you know, what, what, what are my expectations here, what can I expect? Very often there's this whole question around, um, there's this whole insecurity around um the idea of, is this other person really there for me? Are they going along with what I want? Do they want the same that I want, etc.? So, and, and from my experience, most of the time, it, it does boil down to this question of trust. Can I trust you? Um, can I trust you to be here for me? Can I trust you to look after me? Can I trust you to love me? Can I trust you to commit to this relationship? Yeah, are you going to abandon me? Yes. You know, if it's in early stages of dating, I think particularly with online dating, you know, mm. if someone's just swiped across, are, are, is this person just wanting to see me or are they going to be seeing 10 other people at the same time? I mean, there's even more questions now that there used to be. Because it you know, it never used to be like this sort of um, mm. shopping market, you know, online shopping sort of uh, choosing relationships. I think that, mm. you know, that, that can be very challenging. And the amount of people that get mm. ghosted. I mean, we talked about yeah. that in a previous podcast episode. Mm. Mm. You think that this person's really interested, and then suddenly they're not. Yeah, they disappear. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. So, I, it 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 is interesting because it's a different, you know, different from my generation when, um, you know, when I was growing up, we didn't have online dating in my teens or in my twenties or thirties. So. Um, it's interesting that there are sort of different protocols now to be negotiated. For example, one of the questions in early relationships uh, is, are you going to delete your Bumble or Hinge profile? Yeah. Um, and the number of times I've discussed this with clients is really quite interesting because that is often the first step to commitment. That's often interpreted as a sign that um, this person is really wanting to be in a relationship with me because they are not they're not looking for others the profile has disappeared so what they ask each other are you going to do that or well just... or they check i mean you know often there is you know in the early stages there's this sense of well i'm not really sure are they um are we in a committed relationship yet so most of the time clients would then uh, check you know is is this person still online do they st is their is their profile still active have they engaged 
you know, uh, do they seem to be active? And then obviously that's a warning sign. Yeah, yeah I can't remember. I remember seeing some sitcom like Friends or something where you know, suddenly they're checking the other person's Facebook profile and seeing, is it in, in relationship or is it still well, single? that's right. <laughs> so it's all these kind of these kind of external factors. So this is obviously something that's out there that you can kind of, that you can check. That might be an indicator that the other person is uh, committing to starting a relationship, has the intention of starting a relationship. So that's the first thing. And then, of course, the other, uh, the other one, the other questions that arise are more complex as the relationship develops. And, of course, relationships are not something that you can kind of pick off the shelf. Yeah? You can't just uh, decide, uh, I'm in a relationship now, this is what I'm going to have here. Um, this is something that evolves. It's a process between two people that evolves. And there are lots of vulnerabilities and questions to begin with, um, which are, you know, all, uh, often around this question of, you know, are you really in it with me? Uh, do you like me enough? Do you think I'm worthy enough to stay in this relationship with? Am I lovable enough? Am I attractive enough? All these kind of questions come up. Uh, and that's where the trust then kicks in, because um, if you are... I think that trust needs to be developed. The trust that the other person really is in it with you, that they are committed to this relationship, um, that they're trying their best. Yeah, and what you were talking about, I think, was uh, very important, is a lot of this comes down to your own self-doubt. Mm -hmm. Is that you said, am I lovable enough? Mm -hmm. Am I mm -hmm. okay in this relationship? We're sort of, mm -hmm. you know, this is not so much to do with the other person even, it's more that self-doubt. Is there something about me that makes me not lovable enough, That's which right. means the other person will leave me, which mm -hmm. ultimately is that sort of internalised sense of something being not good enough? Yes, of course, absolutely. And so a lot of the time, the lack of trust is not necessarily related to the other person, although it might also be to do with their behaviour. But primarily, it's related to your internal life, your expectations, uh, your sense of security in the world and in relationships. So very often, of course, it does map onto a more insecure attachment style, either a more anxious, preoccupied or an avoidant dismissive attachment where you, um, you automatically assume that the other person isn't going to really stick around because that's what you have internalized through earlier experiences in your life. So there's always this, this sense of, well, they're just going to be here for a little while um, and then they're going to go. Um, so if you're more anxious, preoccupied, of course, then you, that would, your insecurity would manifest in more protest behavior and seeking constant reassurance from the other person. So you might need to hear a lot in the early stages of dating that really, you know, the other person is in it with you. Or it might indeed manifest as a more um, avoidant dismissive behavior on your behalf where where you are a little bit sort of, you know, off the fence, not entirely sure that this person is really going to be there. So you might not, you might as well not make too much of an effort in this relationship. Yes. And um, just with that as well, I think we have different types of trust as well, is that, you know, just and it's somehow I mean, it's related to what you're saying. But also, I think we can think of, you know, there's blind trust, mm -hmm. which is different from maybe a more objectified sense of trust. Mm -hmm. So blind trust is where you just go into a relationship and immediately think, I can trust this person. Mm -hmm. 
And sometimes that might be based on how they look or sound or that sort of naivety, which which can lead to a dangerous place because mm -hmm. you know, there can be that naive thing. It's like we can't just meet someone and know we can trust them. Mm -hmm. But I think most of us have met somebody and thought, this person seems really sincere. Even though we've only spoken to them for 10 minutes, we don't really know. Mm -hmm. Maybe they remind us of someone. Maybe maybe it's that sort of um, something about you know what we've learned at some point in our lives that makes us think this is a trustworthy person. And that can be risky. I agree. The more yeah. objective sort of trust comes from what's deserved, what's earned in terms of observing how people behave, how people interact. Over time, do people stick to their words mm. and noticing, you know, is this something that can I trust this person based on more objective measures? Mm. But the, again, the challenge is separating that from the attachment challenges mm. that you talked about. So, you know, mm. but what do I carry from the past in terms of not being able to trust mm. or feeling there's something about me that isn't OK or someone going to leave me or putting those barriers up? Mm. Um, so it's a sense of developing a way of actually having some way of observing and kind of making sense in as much in an objective way as possible and separating that from where we're holding our own sort of negative wounding from the past. Mm, that's a really important point, isn't it? Yeah, so it's this, this separating out what is my material here, what are my anxieties, what are my insecurities, what is the other person's uh, anxiety, insecurity? Because, of course, you know, they mingle very often and more often than not, the person at the other end, of course, you know, this new partner is equally insecure and doesn't quite know uh, whether to trust the relationship yet or not. But, yeah, but obviously you're absolutely right. I mean, it's not just your, you know, what happens for you is also watching what's actually happening here in terms of behaviour and being able to somehow um, evaluate that more objectively because you might well be dealing with somebody who isn't trustworthy. That's absolutely right. You might be dealing with someone who's not really in it, you know, who's not really committed to it, who is actually potentially going to do some harm. Yeah, I mean, I just thought just what came to my mind was just a metaphor of uh, what kind of animal are you in your relationship? Are you a puppy or are you a cat? Hmm. Are you the puppy that sees someone and thinks, this person's going to look after me, this person's going to feed me, I'll just mm. trust this person immediately. And, and you know, unfortunately, some people don't treat them well. Mm. Or even a cat that, you know, pretty cautious, steps back and mm. don't know if I can ever really fully trust this person. Yes, no, that's a good analogy. Or where are yes. we in, in the, the middle? Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure what animal fits into the middle. I'm not quite sure what, what animal that is either. Yeah, so I think I think you're right. It's a balanced view, isn't it? It is a balanced view. It's kind of um, holding both positions, being quite clear about, well, this is where I'm getting triggered here um, because I always do. I always get anxious initially. I always uh, expect the worst. I always expect everyone to leave me immediately. I always expect everyone not to love me. Or, you know, our, our, your own material might be that you always think, well, I better be out here. Nobody's, you know, this is not really worth it anyway. It's all a bit of a waste of time. Relationships are a bit difficult and I'm going to be disappointed in the long run. So I might as well not put in that much legwork here. So it depends on, you know, what's, what's your stuff. Um, and then, of course, then it's looking across the pond and looking across to the other side and having some sense of um, 
uh, evaluating what's the behavior of the person opposite you, which is sometimes more, more difficult because you don't know them yet. Yeah. And again, it's, yeah, it's, it is difficult. You don't know them. And I suppose it's over time. And the question is how much time? Mm. And at some point you just have to allow yourself to trust. And we'll talk about that mm. more in a minute. Mm. Uh, but there are certain things, I think, initially in terms of, you know, keeping to their word. If they say they're going to mm. do something, do they do it? Yes. How do they treat people around them? Mm-hmm. You know, how do they seem to treat their friends? Do they, are they honest to their friends? Do they, you know, do you hear them constantly chatting to their friends and saying, yes, I'll do that for you, but but never do? Mm. do they, are they consistent with these things that, mm. that are quite important? Um, and I think, you know, I, th- I think what's really important here as well is, is just knowing that, uh, you know, if you've been hurt in, say, the last two or three relationships, or even one relationship, you're going to have some pain. You're going to have some anxiety about trusting them. Like, you know, if you know if you've just been in a relationship or two, three, the more the more challenging this can be. I think where you know your partner maybe has just gone off with somebody else. Mm. There's going to be that sense. You know, I don't know if I can trust someone again. Mm. That might last for a little bit. It could last for a long time. Mm. But that's natural. Mm-hmm. And it's knowing that, of course, you feel that. Of course, you believe that because you've had that pain before. And there's that sense you can either just step back and never have a relationship again. But if you want to have a relationship, you have to be the open to the possibility that there can be pain, that there can be, you know, some challenges. That pain could be, you know, somebody betraying your love Mm, mm. it could be the person dying as well which is another to Mm, some way mm. i suppose that's a odd way of thinking of break of trust but in Mm. a way feeling that person's there forever and then suddenly they're not something happens Mm. Uh, and i think it's it's knowing where this pain comes from knowing your thoughts and your feelings and just allowing yourself to find a way to make space for those thoughts and feelings knowing that these are what you carry from the past. Mm. And at the same time, accepting that to love, you have to be open to the possibility that there could be pain. Absolutely, yeah, because it's a risk, isn't it? Every new relationship is a risk. You're stepping into a territory that is, to some extent, largely unknown. Um, And, of course, you open yourself up uh, to a lot of vulnerability. You're giving power to another person. You give power to them to hurt you, potentially. Mm. Um, And I think that, of course, that uh, idea in and of itself for lots of people is enough to never want to go into a relationship again. Uh, But then you're also missing out, aren't you? Yeah, because, I mean, how how wonderful can it feel when you fully open your heart Mm. and allow yourself to love and be loved? Mm. I mean, is there anything more wonderful than that? No, I agree. But can you do that if Mm. you don't allow yourself... To trust. Mm. You can't. You can't. I don't think you can. Can you do that if you don't allow yourself? Because the more you open your heart, the more you allow yourself and the more you're you're able to experience those truly amazing emotions, mm. Mm. the deeper the possibility of pain. Mm. Absolutely. It, it's the flip side, isn't it? Yeah. The flip side of this wonderful love is mm. also the potential for being hurt being abandoned feeling abandoned yeah, yeah? rejected yeah. all of that but by not allowing yourself to open up 
you stop yourself from having that possibility yeah. of one of the most amazing experiences you could have. Absolutely, agreed. And knowing that, you know, even with pain, people move will move through pain. Mm. Mm. But to have that experience, I mean, you know, to go through life and to think, I'm just going to wrap myself in cotton wool, never really experience life, never experience the the depth of emotion that I could experience because I'm afraid of pain. Mm. I think that's really, you know, that can be very upsetting. It can be very, you know, it can be quite sad. It's sort of, you know, I think it's it's having that courage, being willing mm. to experience that the full range of emotions, being willing to, you know, carry that possibility, but know that, you know, it, it may not be, it may never happen. Mm. Mm. But yeah, what a loss. Absolutely. Yeah. You're depriving yourself of the potential here. Mm. I completely agree if you don't want to take that risk. So what about, um, you said at uh, the opening of, of this podcast episode, um, you mentioned trust also in, uh, in a, a more established relationship. What do we do there when there's no trust? Well, I mean, that's an interesting question. So mm. in, in terms of more established relationship, I mean, do you mean when the trust was never there or something happened to break the trust? Well, this is a really... I wonder, I mean, with some relationships, whether there might have been very low levels of trust really always there. Uh, maybe always an expectation that mm, if anything goes wrong here, if there is conflict in the relationship, that there's an immediate... something kicks in, so to speak, an immediate distrust of the other. I think that sometimes plays out in couple relationships too. Um, I mean, I suppose, you know, in more long-term relationships, you would, you would hope, you would think that there is a level of trust. Um, um, but it, there might be, there might be sort of almost like an automatic response here, um, that my partner is saying something, doing something that is hurtful to me. Can I really trust them to, to look after, to look after me? Yes. And when you're describing it as well, I'm, I'm not totally clear, but to me, I'm taking that as, that could be quite a long level of carrying your own past into mm. the response as well. It's sort mm. of, again, thinking there's not something okay about me and kind of you think that sort of self-doubt, that sort of lack of self-belief. And mm. where does this come from within you mm. in terms of putting up those boundaries or, you mm. know, immediately moving to the sense of distrust? Because this is what's happened in the past with mm. other relationships or mm. as a child. Mm. And how do we how do we carry that? And the question again is how do we find a way of um, resolving that? How do we find a way of making space for those thoughts and feelings so we can be present in the relationship? Mm. But there again, of course, it can also be in a current relationship due to consistent behaviours. But I'd question mm. why you know why would somebody stay with somebody where they never felt that they could trust them? Mm. Well, I think it sometimes it happens more often than you'd think. I think it particularly happens um, in relationships where one of the partners had a very traumatic uh, upbringing, where there was quite a bit of trauma, uh, where there wasn't really a consistent, secure base in, you know, in the family upbringing. The parents weren't completely reliable to the child. So there is, I think, this does then play out um, that there's more more of a tendency. To, um, to respond with distrust when the partner disappoints and lets down. It's almost automatic. Yeah, and I think that feeds into the story that was learned. Mm -hmm. And there are different ways, different theoretical approaches that you could look at this from, which could be the person is used to being treated in a way of 
you know, whether, of not having trust, of being let down. Mm-hmm. And they keep replaying the story because that's kind of what they're used to. Yeah. There could be different reasons for that. It could be sometimes there are the ups and downs where sometimes they feel bad, but then they feel good and these become exaggerated. Mm-hmm. It could be because that internal belief that they're not worthy becomes so strong that at some level it drives them unconsciously to get into relationships that tend to prove that yeah, I'm not worthy mm. because that's what they've learned. Because, of course, it's not true. Mm. Everyone is worthy of love. Everyone is worthy of consideration. Mm. You know, these are things that you know, just just are, are the case. You, you've learned otherwise, maybe. But, you know, these are things that you've learned. They're stories that you've learned. Absolutely. And I think there's another question that comes up for me as, as we're talking, uh, which is this whole question of whether trust is a constant, so to speak. Um, This idea of if you trust your partner once because you commit to them, you commit to the relationship, whether you always trust them. And I think um, in some relationship that can fluctuate. Um, The trust might be there some of the time, but not all of the time. And of course, sometimes it's due to external circumstances. Of course, the trust might, might be broken because one partner... Um, is um, starting an affair with someone else, or that's an obvious uh, scenario where trust is broken. But it might also be down to uh, the internal levels of self-worth, the internal levels of self-love. And if these levels are quite low, that might mean that you then also start questioning whether your partner can really love. Because you, you can't trust, if you can't even trust yourself, how can you trust someone else? So I think it's it's not a constant. Trust is not always a constant. I think it can fluctuate. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, just as you said, I mean, clearly if, if your partner does something that really betrays your trust, which objectively we see, like you said, is sort of, you know, uh, having an affair with somebody else. I mean, that's, mm. it's an objective thing. Like we talked about at the beginning, it's, you know, it's not blind trust. It's about, you know, seeing from behaviours. If your mm. partner is always saying... I'll do this for you or do that, and they never do mm-hmm. over time. I mean, it's natural to have a doubt that the mm. partner's word is valid. Yeah. Um, so, th- I mean, those are clear things. But mm. you also then talked about, you know, when your levels of self-love are low. Mm-hmm. And I think in terms of those, to me, that sort of self-love, self-worth, that's usually built up um, when you're younger, those things that we carry. Mm. But sometimes they only surface because of certain experiences. So they may be quite sort of, you know, we may have developed, you know, certain parts of us that when we're younger that in certain situations become active. But suddenly, mm-hmm. you know, most of the time we're thinking, yeah, I can trust this person. I can feel happy. I can feel that I'm okay as a person. But something triggers some earlier sort of defence or earlier experience that, that gets reignited and then suddenly we start becoming aware of, actually, maybe maybe I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that can be surprising too. It's like, you know, mm. just a certain situation triggers something that previously we weren't aware of. But I think these things generally originate in young, you know, when we're oh, younger. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're usually um, what it often... What often uh, emerges here is a young part of you usually a very young part of you that that kind of then becomes activated and acts out and feels like well yeah here we go there's my 
here we go again, you know, there's my evidence that actually no one is quite reliable in this world, no one is quite trustworthy. Um, and of course, that's the very thing that then, um, you know, gets relationships into trouble, um, because um, that's when that's often then when the conflict arises, particularly if your young part then also meets your partner's young part, he might, he, she might also get, they might also get activated. So then you have two people in the relationship who are not quite trusting each other. So yeah, so I think um, just to sort of, to, to, to kind of come back to that, I think it's just that um, trust is an interesting one. It's sort of, it's, it's more, it's a bigger question maybe in the early stages of a relationship, can I really trust this person? But it's not to say that 10 years down the line, it's a question that never gets asked. Yeah, it might actually get asked quite a lot. Uh, and this is very often what then takes couples to couples therapy. Yes, and that's why as well in our course, The Relationship Maze, which we have on our site, therelationshipmaze.com, we first of all help people to explore yourself. So learn what are some of these blocks, what are some of these beliefs that you may hold on to from your past? How do you work with those? And then beginning to understand your partner as well. So how do they relate? How does that, uh, and then how does that interact together? Mm-hmm. in terms of a relating between you mm-hmm. and then how to move forwards and create a better future because I think you know first of all it starts with reflecting in yourself having that understanding of what's going on for you what's more objective what's what are we projecting onto those experiences how you know what is it about our partner understanding those signs understanding how to communicate and build that trust as you move forward in your relationship yeah, there's a lot to learn, isn't there? There's a lot to learn about relationships. Yeah, absolutely. And on our website, therelationshipmaze.com, you can also do our free online conflict style quiz. So head over there and press subscribe to this podcast now. And please recommend this podcast to uh, anybody else. And we'd love it if you could leave a review or get in touch with us and let us know what you'd like us to talk about in the next podcast. We look forward to speaking with you then.